This is episode 36 of Give Me a Chance, and it is your host speaking, Vittoria. Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Give Me a Chance. I hope you really had a fantastic holiday period, and well, now it's time to start again with our stories. This week we will listen to Ronan's story and we will learn how taking risks and starting different businesses first and going on a spirituality path gave Ronan the chance to change his life. So let's get ready for Ronan's story. Hi Ronan, welcome to Give Me a Chance. How are you doing? Very good. How is everything going in, uh, in North Carolina at the moment? Things are good. It's mid-December and in Fahrenheit it's in the 70s, so I'm, I'm happy. I used to live in New York and it was when the winter started, that, that's it. You could not expect it until it's done. Oh, yeah. in the, you say New York and uh, I know you live in North Carolina, uh, but I also know that you were originally born in Israel. So yeah. I think this is kind of related to your story. So Ronan, can you share with us indeed how that came to be that you started from Israel and now you are in the United, in the United States? Yeah, so it's been a journey uh, of uh, growth and change. Uh, and uh, yes, I was uh, born and raised in Israel, um, served in the Navy over there. Yeah. And um like in many western society there's expectations that when you're done with the military you go to college and go the regular old beaten path of security and <clears throat> whatever everybody expects from you uh and i was on that path uh an earlier event in my life is that my father was pretty controlling like most uh, second world war generation hmm. wanted the kids to be uh financially secured etc um passed away when i was 15 unexpectedly oh. from heart disease and um it really uh affected me in multiple ways but one of them was the realization that you can't live for tomorrow because he was a, a senior um manager in a in a corporation okay. and he worked very hard and uh, saving money and hardly traveling with my mom it was always when i retire we're gonna have time to go see the yes. grandchildren etc but he never made it to retirement. So really everything that happens in life is a lesson, as some of us know. And so what I took from that is uh, not necessarily live to, for today, but in some ways, yes, live for today. You can't postpone too long because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So yeah. that was one effect. The other one, uh, he was planning the course for both me and my two brothers. I am the youngest of three brothers. Okay. And uh, uh, for me, at the time, this was the, I guess, 70s, 80s, computers came into uh, households. Of course, yeah. And uh, he saw that future. My older brother, 10 years my senior, was electronics. That was the okay. path he sent him on to be an engineer in that area. But for me, it was computers, and uh, I was pretty much set on that course. And um, when he passed away, it allowed me more freedom to choose my own path. So I did start in Israel after military service uh, in the university in the area of, of science and technology, yeah. but I didn't really like what uh, I was studying. I spent the first year over there. Uh, I won't say struggling, I was more like a B student. I really didn't enjoy uh, studying that. And uh, this was only, not even computers, this was basic stuff of uh, uh, advanced mathematics, physics, etc. what they teach you in the first year over there. And luckily for me, I have a very dear, dear friend in Israel who is 10 years my senior, and she told me there's a common saying in Israel, um, 
difficult in training, uh, easy in battle. Of course, country of wars, then everything is uh, military metaphors. Yeah, exactly. And the concept is that you, you may be having a hard time in school, but once you're done, you graduate, you go to work, and everything is uh, shiny. Yeah, and, and you find your place. And she, she warned me this is a trap. This is how they keep people in the, uh, in the rat race. Um, because she said, by the time you finish university, you may be married and maybe get a house and have a mortgage and maybe the first kid is on the way. And now you're stuck in a job that you don't like and you have no way out because you have all these financial obligations. Yeah. And she told me uh, the, the real thing is if, if you would love what you do, you would also enjoy studying it. And that was an eye opener for me. And with her encouragement, uh, I dropped out of college after the first year to okay. this, my family and some friends. I was really uh, uh, challenged by my decision. And I decided to pursue the career or the direction of animation, which I had a passion for uh, from being a kid. But also later on in my life, I encountered uh, some interesting animation from the wide world, not just Disney. And okay. I really enjoyed the creativity and, and the directions and how to express myself. And, and so you... I, I uh, was looking for a place to study that. In Israel, they had at the time no place to study this. Now they do, I think. But uh, being that English was my second language, uh, not very fluent, but enough to get by, I was looking at countries that uh, teach English. Uh, not teach, sorry, that's the sp- speak English. But, yeah, uh, Australia, the UK, uh, uh, and the US. And I ended up out of the three in the US uh, for... Some of the reasons had to do with the, being able to get a consular visa through some connections and have work already when I arrived. So that was very helpful. How did you experience the change? Because out of the blue, you were in a big city with anything and all kind of energy going around you. What kind, yeah. what kind of change did you have to make? So one advantage is being young. I was in my 20s. And uh, when you're young, you uh, I mean, at least for me, uh, it, it was a bit easier to... Uh, Uh, take take those sort of um, opportunities. I like to say opportunities, not challenges. And so, uh, and the other thing, we had a very remote relative that lived in New York. She was like three, four uh, levels removed okay. cousin of my father somehow. And um, a connection was made to another uh, relative and she allowed us to uh, invite us to come in for the first couple of weeks. Cool. So at least we had a place to land. And then we quickly found a small, tiny apartment in Queens, New York. My wife didn't know what she wanted to do, so she just went to work. Uh, she found a job. And I worked for the Israeli security at the time. And, um, uh, and I started to study at the School of Visual Arts. And one of the courses I took was live filmmaking. And I realized I enjoyed that much more than animation. Animation, you control everything that's happening. But there is a bit less. So a lot of the creativity is happening before you start. With the live, I found that because of the collaboration with other people, you may uh, give birth to the initial concept, but that everybody else bring their own stuff and something new is, is, uh, is uh, happening. Yeah. And so also I changed... improvisation, indeed, that, that's the spark. Yeah. That's what makes yeah, it, it interesting. Is. And so I switched majors into live filmmaking and I was focusing on that. And like my friend told me, I really enjoyed uh, studying. Uh, even stuff that wasn't amazing, it still was much, much more interesting because my heart was in it. But then it was the mid-90s and the internet yeah. was just starting. And um, I was working on my first screenplay to do a feature. And as I was completing it, I had an opportunity. So again, it's all about opportunities. And I'm, that's my nature. I, I 
would probably be, be labeled as ADHD, but that wasn't <laughs> a, a label at the time. So it was just high energy person, curious person. Of, yeah, a very curious person. That's a good yeah. name for it. What happened? ADHD, what happened at the time? Again, the internet was just starting. The early days of the internet, people were still skeptic if this thing will catch. Uh, <laughs> you were connecting on this very, very slow modem. Some people may not know even what I'm talking about. 14, <laughs> 14.4 or 14,400 uh, bouts on your uh, uh, um, regular phone line. With the sound and that you had to, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, no... Yeah, yeah. Websites were only text, no graphics yet, uh, not video for sure. And a small company in Israel that raised money came up with the first uh, technology to stream video online. Uh, granted, it was stamp size video, very uh, pixelated, etc. But I saw that and I saw YouTube. I saw how this one day will become the way to see videos. There would be no more uh, DVDs at the time, it was even VHS. And they uh, wanted a film in English, a short film in English to feature the technology to uh, more investors in the West Coast. Right. So they asked me if they can use my film, which I said, okay, but I, I became very interested in what they were doing. And I saw, I told them I'll, I'll do that, but I'd like to have the rights to be the distributor on the East Coast. Uh, I had no, no idea about business, no money. <laughs> and you uh, just had a feeling time. for it. <laughs> Yeah, Tanya apartment in New York and owning like $100,000 on my school fees because it's a private school. Um, but again, I, I was young, so you don't think about stuff like that. But from a, but, creative, uh, a creative guy, that was your chance. You went it. was for exciting. It. You know, I felt like, in the, what I felt is yeah. the internet was two-way communication. I can put something, get immediate feedback and change. And, and it was, for me, that was the next wave in communication. And I was very interested in that at the time. Yeah. And so... Um, That let us, my wife was, uh, by then, uh, she did her degree in international marketing. Okay. And we ended up partnering and um, starting a company called Yard Productions. And she was doing the sales, I was doing everything else. And so she was knocking on doors of production, video production houses in New York City and telling them, you know, you don't have to ship the reel anymore. We can just put it for you online. And most, if not all of them told her, it sounds amazing, but we don't have a website. Now, this is 1995, the year that had, I think in the beginning, something like 200.com websites. At the end of that year, there was 200,000. That was the beginning of the parabolic growth of the internet. So, so I was in the right place in the right time. I uh, taught myself how to do website. It was very simple. It was HTML 1.0. We do the website just so we can do the video. Uh, over time, we uh, got more and more work, including for websites. So I ended up hiring a designer, hiring a programmer. And by that time, the tiny apartment was filled between all of us and the dog running around. So we moved We moved into a shared office in New York City with another company, which we outgrew very quickly. And then we moved into our own uh, small uh, suite of offices. And in two years, I moved into a whole floor. I had 30 people working for me. And we did everything web, everything web, uh, video and website design and database and the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, And, and we were riding the wave. In the beginning, the first days uh, doing the video, again, I was the only one doing this in the, way, the East Coast. So everybody that wanted video, the New York Times, PBS, the public uh, service uh, television, um, the Rolling Stones, any, anybody that needed the, to broadcast stuff had to go through our company because, again, the only game in time. After that, uh, within two years, uh, real, uh, real video came along, the bigger hmm. players, and then Moores, and we downsized in that area but we did much more web development by then 
So this went fairly well. I've learned a lot business-wise because, again, I had no clue and I made tons of mistakes. And then uh, the 2000-2001 crash of the internet came. Yeah. Uh, everybody around me like were bankrupt. And we are about to get bankrupt because there was no work coming. I had this huge team working for me and tons of expenses. Uh, this is, again, 2000. I think the monthly expenses were about $100,000 just to run the company. I downsized the company to about 10 people, hoping okay. for a miracle. And the miracle came in an unexpected way. Uh, a small company that was well-funded, a startup, in the area of the web, not web development, but web collaboration, yeah. uh, was looking to acquire a company like mine to hit the ground running with an experienced team. So the deal was struck. They covered all our debts. They paid us something. I negotiated the uh, positions for all my, my staff that stuck with me through the hard times because for a few months I couldn't pay them and they stayed just by me giving the, m- them my word, I will find a way to wow. pay you. So all of them had a job, which was incredible at the time. People were so unemployed in, in my area. And I went to work for them as vice president of creative services. And this was a corporate, even though it was a small company, it was all corporate because all the managers are corporate. And I very quickly realized I'm not built for that. I'm not a corporate sort of person. I had to stay three years. That was my contract. I did my commitment. And as soon as that was done, I restarted a web development company with a partner, yeah. focusing on the hospitality industry because we saw an opportunity over there. This is before Expedia and, and Travelocity and all these guys. So hotels had no way to book uh, real time. You had to fill a form and then wait for an answer a day and then they would get back to you if there's availability. Yeah. We acquired a small booking engine from a guy, a programmer, and we offered it to the hotels for free in return for commission. So we took a risk, but my partner was in the area of marketing. So we were pretty confident that we'll be able to do it. Yeah. And we grew the company fairly quickly. At some point, we had to think the max we reached was 300 hotels and we, we made decent money. And then more opportunities came along. I'm not, I'm jumping on stuff because uh, when I was running the web development company, also a lot of opportunities came along. I mean, okay. somebody once says that the blessing and the curse of the entrepreneur is that they see an opportunity in everything. If I hear what you've been through and I see that you have become an entrepreneur and then you didn't have just one chance to put your brains into something that you could create, could create but so many things. Uh, I can imagine... Um, How how was it for you uh, to work with so much risk that you were taking? Because they were all ideas that people were doubting about. It, it's, a, it's a character trait and it can be nourished. That's what I know now much more than before. Okay. It's, uh, some people would not take risks. I have friends like that and they had the same job all their life. And if they would take my position, they would be miserable. And if I'll be in their shoes, I'll be miserable. So not everybody is supposed to do this work. I mean, it's nice to, to read about Jeff Bezos and, and, you know, and uh, Elon Musk and all these guys. They're risk takers. Yes, they're very calculated in their uh, work, but they are risk takers. You never know how it's going to pan out, but you can't have everybody doing it the same way. That's why we don't have, all of us have the same trait. The problem is the society conditions us that everybody have to be the next Elon Musk, and they don't. And that's where people get frustrated. So you can have your day job and, and so long as you at least partially enjoy it. And then if you still have the creative juice and you're not into risk taking, you, you open a side business, you do something online. It's so easy today compared to what yeah. it was yesterday. And then you, you can feed both of them. If you are a big, big, uh, bigger risk taker, that's your trade. Then you go the path I, I, I went and I, I, I crashed multiple times. So- Did you ever have a moment in which you thought uh, maybe I'm biting more than I can chew? Or- oh yeah, all the time, even today. 
even today. But <laughs> I work I mean, seven days a week. I still do. I mean, I'll, I'll jump forward. I uh, after twenty some years of doing online stuff, and in between also had a uh, ven- uh, venture into the green energy arena because I really believed in that. Yeah, I, I do yeah. believe that it's good to, to have a job that you believe in. The web was really passionate for me in the beginning, but after so long and things changed a lot. It wasn't the same web that I started with. Uh, I, I lost my my passion, but I was doing it because now I had four kids and I had all these obligations, etc. And um, then I was in South America and I sat with the, what we call the medicine, uh, okay. which is the South the Amazonian uh, medicine. Okay. And things started to shift for me. I started to see things that I couldn't see before about myself, about my direction in life. Okay. And after doing this for a while, for a couple of years, I realized that I need to make a big shift and that my gift is really uh, at this time with healing. I did have a spirit path with Tai Chi, Taoism, and okay. uh, then spending several years as an external disciple in an ashram. So I got exposed to Hinduism and some Chinese medicine. and uh, But I never really done anything from the healing perspective. I just was involved with those uh, directions. And the calling was very strong to become a healer. Uh, and this goes back to what you asked earlier. And the instructions are very, very strict. Drop everything you're doing right now. You can't do that this uh, half halfway. Drop everything and become a healer. And I was like, uh, how would I support my family, support myself? The answer was, you're going to have to discover faith. Yeah. And I'm not talking about religion here, but I'm talking about trust and faith, that if this is what you need to do, everything will align itself to make make you do this thing and uh was this was probably my, some of the most challenging time in my life because i i i try <laughs> i attempted to do it my way which i kept my job and still did it on the side and then my, my business uh, immediately started to suffer immediately it was crazy i i told my partner uh, it's time for me to uh, leave if you want i'll just give you my shares and good luck and i'll help you but i cannot do this i have another calling and um, and I told the medicine, now what? I, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, look, how do you do? So, what did the people around you? Uh, uh, my wife is always been very supportive. That that's that's another thing is yeah. is if you're not married to somebody or within partnership with somebody who supports you, it's time to find another partner. You're going through a, a, a phase of check with yourself. I mean, I check with myself what what people like to call in spiritism, my higher self. Is this is this really serving my growth or not? And my answer to this is ask a very simple question. Is this serving my highest good? How is uh, uh, this path of spirituality serving your higher goods? So the question again is what, even if you're not into spiritism, but you do want to have personal growth, very basic question is the decision I'm making right now will take me forward, keep me in the same place or take me backwards. Every decision I make is guided by that. Is that going to make me a better person? As I was making the decision to uh, to break away from the web and go into healing, and by the way, in terms of the logistics, I, I quickly took a Reiki one course and I started to offer Reiki. I do energy work, I do sound healing. Uh, I work with different um, uh, plant medicine and combo, which is a frog from the Amazon. So I work with uh, these different modalities, Tai Chi, yoga, all, all of this is my tool set and I keep on expanding and growing it. No, I'm going to do this because this way, I can I can assist one more person to heal. I can assist one more person to find their calling. 
And yeah. when I'm doing this, the money just comes. Abundance follow you if you're following your, your mission. I changed, started probably in my mid-40s, but really kicked out in my um, early 50s. Yeah. So that's another thing. You're never too old to do something. I don't no, care. Always it, make a change. And it's a set of minds. I mean, yeah. I'm too old to change right now. No, you're not. It's, 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 it's a, what yeah. you decide. Absolutely. I probably made more changes in my recent years than a 20-year-old would make. But that's because I understand that everything flows, everything changes. We change day to day, hour to hour. And something I, I was really invested in yesterday, I may not be invested right now. So why should I continue just because it, I was told to do it when I was much younger? And the other thing is, um, again, connecting with faith. And I'm, I'm distinguishing faith and religion. Faith is something that you don't have to be religious. It's a connection between you and a higher cause and a higher doesn't matter what name you give it, but you're connected with something that connects all of us together. And how am I assisting in this flow for the better evolution of all humankind? Am I making a difference that I feel I'm in aligned with? And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I find myself going on a path that is not in harmony and what it's causing damage then? to me, possibly to others. I stop, I correct myself. I also put some people around me that I trust, including my wife, to be my uh, conscious on my yeah. safeguards. And uh, some counterparty. So we find the balance. Everybody needs to come to their own power. Yeah. And uh, different ethnicities, minorities, we all have something to give to this world. And I think with this, we also... Uh, come towards an end of uh, of this episode and uh, and Ronan thank you so much for all these kind of insights and, and getting to know so much about your changes and what you've been through and and the things you've come to learn this was Ronan's story by deviating from the course of study that his father had set up for him Ronan decided to follow his passion for animation and that led eventually to start his first business in that domain it was thanks to his personality and his attitude towards taking risks that Ronan managed to turn his visions into reality in the last 30 years and start multiple ventures on his continuous journey for personal growth and improvement Ronan embraced spirituality and that changed the way he approached lives nowadays Ronan is now a healer and helps others find their true selves through South American medicine. This was the end of this episode. Have you ever had the chance to change your life? Or do you know anybody who has? Please get in touch with us and leave a comment here below. And if you have enjoyed this episode, do not forget to like and subscribe to this channel and see you next time. Give me a chance on your screen and in your ears.